Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys are doing amazing. Today's episode is so awesome and one that I totally got to nerd out on, and I hope you guys get to nerd out on it too. Dr. Carrie Jones and I dive into the Dutch test, and if you guys are unfamiliar with the Dutch test, it is a very comprehensive dried urine hormone test, and this will tell you everything about your estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone, your DHEA, your cortisol, and your melatonin. It also shows how well your liver is metabolized metabolizing these hormones. We dive into all of this and so much more. So if you are a woman that's waking up in the morning and you are feeling exhausted, even though you're getting eight to 10 hours of sleep, that's where the cortisol awakening response is going to come in, which you can see on your Dutch test. We also dive into cycle mapping. So this might be something really great for fertility, but even if you just really want to have a comprehensive understanding of where your hormones are throughout the month, cycle mapping is really awesome. So we dive into all things hormones and all things Dutch test, and I hope you guys really enjoy it. If you've been thinking about doing the Dutch test, then this is definitely the episode you want to listen to because it will really give you an understanding of how comprehensive and how great the test actually is. So Dr. Carrie Jones is an internationally recognized speaker, consultant, and educator on the topic of women's health and hormones. She graduated from the National University of Natural Medicine and the School of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland, Oregon, where she also completed her two-year residency in women's health, hormones, and endocrinology. Later, she graduated from Grand Canyon University's Master of Public Health program with a goal of doing more international education. She was adjunct faculty for many years at the National University of Natural Medicine, teaching gynecology and advanced endocrinology and fertility, and has been the medical director for two large integrative clinics in Portland. She's the medical director for Precision Analytical, the creators of the Dutch Hormone Test. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hi, Dr. Carrie Jones. Welcome to the show. Hello there. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited. I have got tons of questions for you. <laughs> I can't wait to dive into all things hormones and talk about the Dutch test. But before we do, I would love it for you to share with our audience a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a naturopathic doctor and I'm the medical director for, just like you said, the Dutch test, which stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. I've been in practice for about 13-ish years and hormones and women's health has always been my area of expertise. I did my residency in it. I did a lot of my training in it. And I sometimes will see men. So I do know some men's health stuff. A lot of hormones, of course, apply to men. Men can be very hormonal as we know, but primarily women's health hormones. That's my thing. That's what I know. Awesome. That's your jam. That's my jam. <laughs> totally. And so how did you get involved? I mean, obviously, I feel like as women, that's just so natural of us to work with women's health and hormones. But what 
drew you to working with women's health and hormones? So I've known since I was like a really young girl that I wanted to be in women's health. I knew I wanted to be a doctor and I knew I wanted to be in women's health. And I thought I wanted to deliver babies until I got to medical school and I realized how much dedication and time that takes. And I thought, you know what? Obstetrics and pediatrics, that's not for me. I'm definitely more for women. That's for sure. And actually what really honestly drew me to it was, this is going to sound terrible. I like gossip, but like I like stories and I'm a Gemini. And so I like, I like to talk and I like small talk and I like the girlfriend thing. And so I would have all these female patients when I was in medical school that would just tell me their whole life story or just tell me everything right on the first time I met them. And I was like, I can help you. Like, this is what I need to know. This is so important to hear your story or hear your stress or hear what your day is like to really dial in and figure out like, why do you wake up with anxiety? Why can't you sleep at night? Why are you having trouble losing weight? And because I get the family gossip and the backstory and the girlfriend talk, it was a lot easier, not easy, but easier to be like, oh, okay, we can dial into this and figure this out. And so I think that's what really got me into it because it was like hanging out with girlfriends all day when I saw my patients. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Short of the wine. It was like super fun. <laughs> That's really great. I love that. And I mean, let's face it. We really just want somebody to listen to us as well, right? We really it's, want to be heard. So it's half the battle right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of the typical hormonal conditions or imbalances that you treat in your practice? It's a huge dynamic of what I work with. And I always tell women, you can have a hormonal imbalance at any age. Don't let anyone tell you just because you're 20 doesn't mean you can't have hot flashes. You can totally have hot flashes at 20. Just like don't let somebody tell you when you're in your 50s that you can't have something, you know, breast tenderness or something like, oh no, you quote too old for that. Like, no, you can have hormone stuff at any age. So I would see everything from fertility stuff to PMS to heavy periods to menopausal symptoms, to bone loss, to stress, you know, insomnia, mood stuff. I'm anxious all the time. I'm depressed. I just saw this really gut stuff. It's just all related, thyroid. And I think like people come in with one thing, right? Like I can't sleep or I can't lose weight or I'm tired and don't realize that it's just this big spider web. Like it's all connected. 100%. We just work through that. That's amazing. And so I'm assuming that you obviously use the Dutch test in your practice. Of course. I do. (laughs) I do. Yes. So the company has been around about a little over six years and I've been with them almost from the beginning. So I'm in about five and a half years with them. So I did consulting for them in the beginning, the owner. I was a medical director of a really large clinic in Portland. We had nine practitioners that worked there. So there was a mix. There's MDs and nurse practitioners and PAs and naturopathic doctors And so I had known him just being in the field and he approached and said, can I present to you about this new type of test? And I was like, yeah, sure. Because I liked him and trusted him. And I thought, wow, this test is really cool. This is exactly what I'm looking for. And then afterwards I said, you seem like you need some help. (laughs) You're a new company. Do you need some help? And he was like, yes, but I can't pay you. I can give you free tests. (laughs) I can test your hormones. (laughs) So it just gradually went from there. So I went from just sort of consulting on the side for him, full-blown medical director over five and a half years. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, it is a really cool test. And I've had it tested myself and I use it in my practice. And I'm still learning so much about it. There's so much to interpret and understand. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the Dutch test. What is it? What is it all about? I know that there are a lot of women listening who maybe have heard of it Mm -hmm. or have completed it themselves, or maybe this is totally new to them. So 
share with us what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So everyone knows how to get their blood drawn. And many women have heard of saliva testing where you spit in a tube. So this is actually dried urine. So this is when you basically urinate on pieces of filter paper four times in a day. So it's a whole lot easier. You just pee on it like a pregnancy test, let it dry for 24 hours and mail it back into the lab. And what we get with dried urine, funny enough, are all the same hormones you would get in the blood or in saliva. But within what we get are what we call pathways. So I can say to a woman, I see your estrogen, but I see it's going down the wrong pathway and or the pathway that causes heavy periods and clots. And so now I know what to do. Like I know how to address your heavy periods and your clots. Or I see your testosterone and I see it's going down the pathway that causes acne or facial hairs. And no woman wants those symptoms. So let's do stuff to address it. So it's pretty cool to get all this information so you can be proactive about it. Absolutely. So you mentioned these pathways, good or bad pathway. Can you maybe expand on that a little bit? Like how would we address this? Obviously, we don't want it on the bad pathway. Right. Exactly. Nobody wants acne and nobody wants heavy periods. So let's take estrogen. So when your body makes estrogen and then it's done with it, it has to send it through detoxification. So we have phase one and then we have phase two. So in phase one detoxification, there's three pathway options your estrogen can go down. There's what's called, quote, the healthier pathway, which is called 2-OH or 2-hydroxy. And then there's 16, the 16 pathway, which we call the proliferative pathway. It thickens things. And so if you go down that pathway, like your boobs get bigger and they hurt at PMS or your periods get heavier or you clot. And then there's the four pathway. And the four pathway, as in the number four, is if you continue down that pathway, it could lead to increased breast cancer risk. So we can't shut off the four pathway, but we can do things to sort of redirect you more towards the two pathway. And the most common thing people are familiar with are like eating foods in the broccoli family, like the broccoli, kale, cauliflower family. There's a constituent in that called indole-3-carbonyl or I3C. And indole-3-carbonyl converts into another constituent called DIM. And that sort of pushes the body away and off the bad pathway, the four pathway, onto the two pathway, which is considered a lot healthier. So if I see women progressing down the four pathway and let's say, you know, cancer risk is a concern or they have a family history or they have a lot of other risks and we're going to do things with their diet to change it, maybe we'll add in supplements because you can get indole-3-carbonyl and DIM, which stands for methane, in a supplement form. And then I can redirect. I can redirect the pathway to be like, all right, hey, phase one, let's get you on a better pathway. And then we go into phase the phase two pathway. And there's things you can do to help redirect your phase two, like get it out of your body. So it's really nice for women to feel they can be proactive. Like, oh, I can change my diet. I can add these vegetables in. I can add these foods in. I can have some supplements that are specific to me and my pathways. And then it'll change them to improve their symptoms and reduce their risk. That's awesome. And so I'm assuming things like xenoestrogens or like high estrogenic food is going to obviously push this more to like the four pathway. It might. So if you have the genetic predisposition to go down the four and then you are either knowingly or unknowingly, unintentionally eating exactly like foods that are not good for you, you're exposed to a lot of plastics or BPA and like, which is in like receipts and, you know, the lining of canned foods and canned drinks and things like that. That is all just like you said, a xenoestrogen. And so you kind of get this like 
weirdo estrogen overload and the body has to clear it out somehow. It's trying to. And so you might end up on the wrong pathway. Got it. Okay. And then I'm assuming like, would you then retest? And when would you retest? Like how long after implementing some of these strategies would you suggest somebody retest? I usually suggest somewhere in the three to six month mark. So if you hit the three month mark and you're feeling like a rock star, you've made a number of changes depending on the rest of the test and you're like, hey, I want to keep going. I want to get this habit longer, then wait till six months. And if you hit the three month mark and you're like, well, some things have changed, but some things have not, then I would retest. Like, okay, let's see what we're missing. What's going on hormonally that isn't getting addressed. Right. So obviously with salivary testing, we can't see all of this and how your liver is metabolizing your hormones and whatnot. And so I know when I did my salivary test, oh my goodness, like I had to literally look at my phone and I put like all these food photos on there and I just sat there so I could salivate. (laughs) And it took me like 35 minutes to spit into this tube. It was ridiculous. Which can be stressful. And especially as, you know, a lot of hormone tests include cortisol, right? It includes adrenal testing as part of their sort of combination. And so as you're trying to like muster up enough saliva, it can totally affect your cortisol results. Just like people who are petrified of getting their blood drawn. If you go get your blood drawn, it makes you pass out or it makes you scared or it pushes you into fight or flight because nobody likes getting stuck with the needle. Right. That'll change your hormones as well. But what's nice, <laughs> what's nice about this test is pretty much, you know, like women have generally peed on things. Like we've peed on a pregnancy <laughs> or an ovulation kit or in a cup because of a urinary tract infection. Like we're pretty familiar. <laughs> That's not hard. <laughs> yes, very true. So I know most women will come to me in my practice and I'm sure you've seen this many times and they've said that they've had their hormones tested through blood work with their doctor. And for the most part, everything came back pretty normal But obviously, everything is not fine because women are still experiencing severe symptoms. Right. So, you know, should we rely on blood testing? Does it serve a purpose at all? Absolutely. Blood testing is really accurate and it's great. So the number one thing I tell women, which I just had this conversation with a non-medical girlfriend of mine the other day, she said, I went and got blood work done and and everything's normal, but I feel terrible. And I said, okay, where in your cycle were you? And she's like, well, I just finished my period. Okay. When you do hormone testing, we're pretty specific. Like, In fact, we're real specific. So if you have a 28-day cycle, you want to get tested around day 19, 20, or 21. So we're trying to catch your hormones in the middle part of the second half of your cycle, right? Right. The luteal or the luteal phase. Yes. And so it's amazing to me the number of women who go see their general practitioner and they just happen to walk, right? Like on a Tuesday at noon. Right. And their doc's like, okay, go get your blood drawn. They're like, okay. And they go. And for the time they are in their cycle, potentially, they're like, well, you're normal. It's like, well, I mean, sort yes, kind of. Like, right. Like we're looking for very specific things because you have specific symptoms. So timing is like the A number one thing that I tell women when even blood work, when it comes to blood work, if you want your progesterone checked, it has to be done in the second half in the luteal phase. Just like women with fertility, if they're checking the FSH marker, the follicle stimulating hormone, it's amazing to me the number of times that women are like, oh, I just happened to you know be at my doctor's whatever on a Thursday before my period and got all these tests run. I'm like, well, that's not when you do it. That FSH is at a different part of your cycle. That's like day two or day three. Right. And I'm sure you see this as well. 
blood work is important. Serum is for sure important, but timing, right? (laughs) Timing is everything. (laughs) Absolutely. And so speaking of timing, I know that there's definitely women who are like, well, I don't have a regular 28-day cycle or I'm not ovulating. And this can obviously make it tricky with doing the Dutch test. So what would you recommend with that? It's actually tricky with any test, getting your blood drawn, doing a saliva test, doing our Dutch test. If you're all over the board, for example, if you have short cycles, if you're listening and you're like, well, my cycles are 24 days, not 28 days, then you would just shift when you would collect down four days. So instead of on day, you know, like 20, you would collect on day 16, totally fine. Just like if you're like, well, I don't have 28 day cycles, but I have 32 day cycles. It's like, no problem. Just shift your collection up four days, do it on day 24 as opposed to day 20. No big deal. Right. Some women, of course, at any age will say, well, some days they're 24 or some months they're 24, some months they're 60, (laughs) some months they're 16. I could be really all over the board. And it does make it challenging for absolutely any testing company. So what we try to do at our lab is you can call the lab. We try to get your history. Like what have your last three or four cycles been like? Do you ever get symptoms of ovulation? Do you get mucus changes? Do you get like little mini cramps? Do you track your temperatures? Have you done ovulation predictor kits to see if you are about to ovulate? And then we kind of gauge it from there. And then if women are like, no, I don't do any of that. I don't have any of that. I don't get mucus changes. Like I have nothing, any of that. Then we do have another test, which is called a cycle mapping, which is where you literally pee on one stick one piece of filter paper every morning, basically, and we graph it out for you. So you would just pick a month and do it every day. And then we can tell you what's going on with that cycle. So for the very sort of irregular women, we do have an option. Awesome. Actually, that was my next question. Do you offer cycle mapping? Yes, we do. (laughs) Awesome. Which is great because this will give you a really clear picture of your hormones like all month long, which is pretty awesome. I actually did my cycle mapping for the first time in January of this year, and it was pretty sad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I know. It explains a lot. I ovulate, but my corpus luteum, the tissue that's left over that's supposed to make progesterone, is not very strong. So my progesterone rises is rather pathetic. And so I've been working to help you know build that tissue up and get my tissue a lot stronger so that my own natural progesterone production is a lot higher and a lot stronger, which I kind of suspected. I mean, I sometimes get menstrual migraines and sometimes get PMS. And so I knew something was off and I wanted to track it all month because I wanted to see really clearly like what are my rises and falls in my hormones. That's really great. So can you maybe take us through... I mean, it's not really great that you're experiencing that, but it's great that you can see all of this and have the clarity to move forward with protocols, which is really great. So maybe you can take us through cycle mapping. Like, What would we be ideally looking for? And obviously, as like a client or a patient, it's really hard to interpret those tests, which is why you really want to work with a practitioner. So for cycle mapping, like what's the ideal scenario that you want to see when you're looking at somebody's month-long hormone tests? Definitely. So we divide up the cycle mapping into an estrogen graft box and a progesterone box. So imagine we literally count like one through 30, you know, along the bottom. And then you'll see these up and down, you know, colored lines of the hormones. When you start your period, that's day one, right? Day one is the day of your period. And then your estrogen starts to rise and it reaches a tipping point right before you ovulate. 
So around the middle of your cycle. So you need estrogen to spike up to trigger ovulation, believe it or not. And then estrogen comes down and it does a little sort of second, smaller, you know, rise and fall, if you will. Whereas progesterone's the progesterone's very different. Progesterone's very low. So you start your period day one. You don't make any progesterone at all whatsoever until you ovulate. So your progesterone has to wait and wait and wait and wait. And once you kick out an egg, what's left over, the tissue left over, that's what then turns into a little progesterone factory. So in the second part of your cycle, you get this really big, healthy, supposed to be like a big rounded mountain of progesterone that goes up and then comes down if you don't get pregnant. But what mine showed, mine to explain like a not so good one. So my progesterone was nice and low in the first part, which is normal. And then I had this very pathetic, like teeny tiny little anthill of a progesterone (laughs) rise when I wanted a big, nice rounded mountain. So that's how I knew that I had ovulated, but just my production, my little progesterone factory was not doing so hot. And so we can see these things. I can literally look from around, you know, the first week of your cycle until your your next cycle and I can see like where does your estrogen go? For example, like are you estrogen dominant all month long? Are you estrogen dominant more in the first half of your cycle and that's why you get your symptoms in the first half? Are you estrogen dominant in the second half? Are you estrogen dominant all cycle long or the opposite? Do you not make enough estrogen and that's why you have vaginal dryness and hot flashes and maybe some joint stuff and some brain fog. And then the same goes for progesterone. I can look and say, one, do you ovulate at all? Two, do you ovulate late? Do you ovulate early? I can sort of see what's going on so that we can work to address like your brain to ovarian communication. Right. That's really great. Because so many people, I'm sure you have this, so many women have symptoms all month long and they know it's hormonal. Right. I mean, they're like, well, I get PMS, but I also get earlier in the cycle or around ovulation or just after my period. And so then I can pinpoint, be like, okay, you said around days eight through 13, you get headaches. Like, let's see what's going on on days eight through 13 or whatever. I didn't do the cycle mapping. And now that you're talking about it, I really want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I just did the Dutch complete. I think it was. Yes. Yep. I did it a year ago. So it really is time to do another one, especially I have Hashimoto's and having gone through like all of my thyroid testing and constantly retesting. And I just did my saliva not too long ago. So I'm always on top of retesting and just seeing where my levels are at so I can adjust any necessary protocols or anything. But the cycle mapping, I know for sure, I definitely get cyclical migraines right around ovulation. And it's funny because my boyfriend always knows when I'm ovulating because I can't keep my hands off of him. (laughs) A week later, it's a different story. Yep. (laughs) So I know that the Dutch test shows how the liver metabolizes these hormones. And so why is that important? So your headache is a great example. So let's say, or or even like PMS, you know, women say Mm -hmm. my boobs hurt seven days before my cycle starts. I know it's coming because my bras are tight and everything hurts. And so with estrogen, if you make too much estrogen or not enough progesterone to balance each other out, or again, like if these pathways, if you're going down the wrong pathway, if you're not detoxifying your estrogen properly, then you're going to have breast pain and your bras are going to be tight or you're going to be super moody because you're not clearing out your estrogen in a healthy manner. And so if you can adjust that, then it can be a whole lot better. You might notice like, okay, instead of seven days of having breast pain, I'm down to just one or two days or maybe even no days. Like, poof, my breast pain is gone. Like, this is great because you've addressed the pathway of how your body clears out estrogen. 
which is really nice. And the same with progesterone. Progesterone is like our calming, relaxing, everything's going to be okay hormone. Like who doesn't want more of that, right? Like we love progesterone. Of course. (laughs) And the body, when it makes progesterone metabolites, there's two options that it makes. The beta metabolite, which is the most abundant in the human body, but the alpha metabolite will stimulate the GABA receptors in your brain. And GABA is your most potent sort of inhibitory neurotransmitter is what we call it. Basically, it helps you with anxiety. It calms you down, right? Right. GABA calms you down. And so if you are a woman who doesn't go down the alpha pathway very much and anxiety is a big problem for you, then we can look at the test and say, oh, this might be contributing to your anxiety. One, you don't make much progesterone. And when you do, you're not going down this pathway. And so that's why you feel anxiety leading up to your period, or that's why you feel anxiety in the second half of your cycle, or that's why your anxiety gets worse around your period is one of the reasons just knowing these pathways. Right. And that's really important to know for sure. Yeah. So I know that more recently, the tests have been updated to include nutritional organic acids and the neurotransmitter metabolites, which is kind of like a mouthful. So what does all of this mean? (laughs) Right. So Well, first of all, an organic acid happens. So let's say you're a compound in the body and you're compound A and you're trying to get to compound E, but you've got to go through B and then C and then D before you turn into compound E. So if you're compound A and you're just trying to get to B, but you're missing a nutrient or genetically, you know, there's a mutation. So you can't even get to B in the first place, then you oftentimes will go down. You'll turn into something else. You'll go into another pathway. And one of the things you can become is called an organic acid, and then you you urinate it out, and it'll show up on tests, on organic acid tests. And so it can give us a pretty good insight into, for example, a nutrient deficiency. So we can run the organic acid for vitamin B12 and for vitamin B6 and your antioxidant in your body, glutathione. And so we can test these these sort of alternative pathway compounds and go, oh gosh, you're making a whole lot of this, which tells me you're probably missing out on B12. We need to get more B12 in you or B6 or you know glutathione. And the same goes for the neurotransmitter metabolites. They're made because either there's something genetic or the co-nutrient is missing, or you've got a lot of inflammation, or there's something going on with estrogen. And so your body is turning tail and creating these organic acids and they show up in urine. And so it gives us insights into some of your like serotonin and your adrenaline markers, your dopamine markers. But it also, it's not a direct correlation. I can also say, well, it looks like something's wrong with serotonin, but it might be a co-nutrient like vitamin B6. So let's look at B6. Or it might be genetic. Maybe we need to be doing some genetic testing on you. And so it's cool because it can send us down different rabbit holes, right? Like we can just get more and more and more specific on people versus just blindly like, oh, hmm, try the supplement and see if it works. Absolutely. And I always say, and I'm sure you've heard it, test, don't guess. Yes. And this is why it's so helpful, ladies, because I know so many of you are listening and it's been years where you've been feeling shitty and you've tried every diet and protocol and supplement and you're just spending money all over the place. Whereas when you do the testing, it can really help narrow down where you need to put your focus. So this is why it's so great. And I get asked all the time on social media, you know, women, just this a generic example. Hi, Dr. Jones. I have really bad PMS. What should I take? (laughs) Right. I'm like, I have no idea. First of all, 
I don't know you. Second of all, I have to look at the pathways and I have to look at your progesterone and I have to know if you're ovulating. And I need to know what your vitamin B status is, vitamin D. And <laughs> there's so many things that could go wrong with PMS. Yes, there are sort of general supplements that you can read about all the time or foods that are helpful for PMS for sure. But if you're looking to spend your money, like then I like to get more specific. I'm more about like you are, like individualized care. Like, let's see what you need. Absolutely. Because it is all individualized. And I get the questions all the time too. What do I take for my thyroid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do I take for my fatigue? Or Oh, here, take this up one. Here. Right. And it's like, it just doesn't work that way. And we really have to do the deeper diving right. into health and hormones to really understand it. Especially when people say, well, my friend, right? My friend took this supplement and it worked great for her, but I tried it and it did nothing. So what does that mean? I'm like, well, it means you need something else. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's get specific. Yeah. And speaking of genetic testing, I actually just had mine done. So I'm getting it <gasps> interpreted this week. I'm so excited. <gasps> What'd you do? <laughs> so I did the... And I don't know even if I'm explaining it all right, but I did like a nutritional panel and then I also did my hormone. So I'm getting it all assessed and interpreted this Friday. So I'm really excited because I feel like it's just going to open up another part of the puzzle for me yep. to really dive in and do even deeper work. So I'm excited for that. That's awesome. I did my genetics a couple years ago and then just so much research has come out. So I've had them read three times. And just a couple months ago, a friend of mine ran it through a program and even more research has just been added to the database and you know, yep. you just learn more and more and more and it's just super cool. It really, really is. Yeah. And again, like this now also leads to more customization instead of spending all your money in all these random supplements. And it really does narrow things down for where you need to put your focus for sure. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And the same, like on the Dutch test, there's a gene that helps with estrogen detoxification. It's your, your COMPT gene or your COMT gene. Right. Right. And it's amazing the number of people, like they'll say, I have COMPT, I have a mutation in the COMPT gene. But their estrogen detoxification looks okay, as an example. Like, actually, it looks pretty good. Right. So they'll say, well, should I take all these supplements? You know, like I have the I have the comp gene. I've looked it up online. And I'm like, well, no, the manifestation of it is actually not as bad as you think. And I'm sure you say this too, like your genes, they dictate a lot, but there's a lot you can do to change it. And just because you have the mutation doesn't mean everything's 100%. Like, you know, you have to see how does it actually play out in your body? Just because you have the mutation, it's entirely possible. Other things have made up for it and it's not a problem. Like that's what I found out when I was doing my genetics and having it read, you know, my friend was like, some of these things are not a problem. Like some of your other pathways have picked up the slack or, you know, other things and you don't need to worry about it. You don't have to take all these supplements to quote, support the gene. Great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I always say that your genes load the gun, but your lifestyle pulls the trigger. Oh, it's so true. Yeah, it really, really is. So true. Mm -hmm. I'll share with you my tests when I get them on Friday. Oh, good. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that the Dutch test also, you can see your cortisol, but also cortisone. And I know people get really confused with this. So maybe you can explain the difference between cortisol and cortisone. Definitely. So the body makes cortisol first. So cortisol comes out of the adrenal glands and it helps us with fight or flight and it helps us with stress and immune system and blood sugar and all this stuff. But the body can deactivate cortisol into cortisone. So cortisone is not biologically active and it can flip back and forth. So if you need more cortisol in a particular area, 
you can just take cortisone and, and reactivate it like poof, now you have more cortisol. But if you have too much cortisol in a particular area, your cortisol overloaded, then the body can be like, wow, this is too much cortisol. Let's deactivate. Like, let's turn you off for the time being. And so it's nice to test because sometimes you will see your cortisol is really low and you might think to yourself, oh my gosh, I'm not making it. I need to do all these things to stimulate my adrenal glands to make it when really you're deactivating a lot of it, which is a completely different treatment. So it's not that you can't make it. It's that everything's getting deactivated to cortisone primarily. And so it's nice to have this bigger picture of the adrenals because sometimes people will say, well, I took adrenal support and I felt worse. I felt anxious or jittery or I couldn't sleep. And I'm like, I bet you don't have a production problem. I bet you have a deactivation problem. Now, the worst case, of course, is when people have both. They don't make it and, and they deactivate it. Right. They feel terrible. <laughs> For sure. But yes. And so that's why it's nice to know where I can get more specific in adrenal and brain adrenal treatment to say, oh, you make plenty of cortisol. Your problem is you shut it down to cortisone. And what's that about? Why do we need to address that? Right. But funny enough, the most common reason, I mean, there, there are a number of reasons, but a big one that I see in our society is after sort of like long-term stresses or stress when the body has had enough. Like the body is like, we need not to not have so much cortisol floating around and it will start to deactivate more systemically into cortisone. It's a protective measure. And so I'll see this in people and I'll say, what is going on that your body is literally trying to force you to deactivate? Cortisone's deactivated. So why is your body making you try to deactivate yourself? And every single time people are like, oh yeah, guilty. <laughs> you know, right. I know, I know I'm pushing too hard and I'm burning the candle at both ends. And you know, all this stuff has happened. And I'm like, well, like we're fighting against something you're doing to yourself potentially. So let's try to work on that. Right. Definitely. Lifestyle plays such a huge role for sure. And I know it's easier said than done, but yes, gosh, we have to take it into account for sure. So you might have very low levels of free cortisol and high metabolized or even vice versa, I guess. Yes. So what does this all mean? I know. So that's the other (laughs) thing on the Dutch test because not only do we do free cortisol and free cortisone, which I just talked about, but we do what's called metabolized cortisol which is your indication of cortisol production. It's kind of your total, your total cortisol. How much do I make? And so your clearance is regulated by the liver. And so sometimes you will have very low metabolized cortisol. And what happens is things can occur that will slow your clearance of cortisol out the liver. And the most common reason is a thyroid problem. And so we can pick up inadvertent thyroid problems on the Dutch test. So if I see a really low metabolized cortisol, meaning the cortisol is not getting cleared out of the liver, then that means free cortisol is not getting cleared. So it will be a lot higher because it's like waiting to get cleared by the liver and the liver is like, no, no, we're not clearing it this time. And thyroid is the biggest reason. And so I can say to you know patients and practitioners, wow, it looks like they've got a thyroid problem going on. If you haven't tested it, you should probably do a pretty big thyroid workup and see what's going on. And then on the flip side, when people make a ton of cortisol, when they make a boatload of cortisol, when they've got fight or flight situation, they've got infection, inflammation, high stress, acute stress, maybe they're hyperthyroid, they make too much thyroid, obesity, all that extra belly fat, believe it or not, you can get a lot of cortisol in the belly fat. Right. Then the total production goes up because then the liver is like, wow, this is a lot of cortisol and I need to clear it as fast as possible. 
And so your liver will open the floodgates and clear cortisol out. And so it shows up on our Dutch test as high levels of metabolized cortisol. Your body's in this sort of fight or flight state and to try to get cortisol out, the dam is burst and it all comes out in your urine. But it gives me an idea of to say, what are you doing? Like what's going on that you're making so much cortisol? Do you have an infection? Let's go test. Do you have a lot of inflammation? Let's address that. Is insulin and blood sugar the problem? Oh, you're going through a divorce. Okay, let's support that. And so it gives me a lot more whys of what's going on in the big picture. It's really fascinating, all of it. (laughs) It really is. And I'm super grateful that we have testing like this available because the amount of information we can get off this is is amazing. Yes. So what about the cortisol awakening response? What is that all about? Yeah. So the cortisol awakening response is this really cool thing where your cortisol is supposed to go up, like straight up in the first 30 to 60 minutes of your eyes opening. And the point of it is it's like a mini stress test for your day, for your body, but it's also like to get your butt out of bed. It's to help your thymus gland kill off cells that have been tagged as autoimmune. It's to help with blood sugar regulation. And so we call it the cortisol awakening response. You awake, you open your eyes and your cortisol shoots up. It's supposed to. Now, if you don't do that in the first 30 to 60 minutes, let's say yours goes down or yours is flat, then people will say, I wake up in the morning super tired. I wake up in the morning and I hit snooze six times. I wake up in the morning and I immediately need caffeine. Like, Don't talk to me until I've had my third cup of coffee, right? And it could be a big reason is they don't get that spike. They don't get that healthy rise in cortisol within the first 30 to 60 minutes. And so then people go, well, what should I do? I'm like, well, we need to do things, supplements, adrenal support, getting full light exposure. So, you know, throw open your blinds and look at the sun, get a full spectrum light bulb, but you have to do it within the first 30 minutes. So if you're seeing a practitioner or your patients are seeing you, like they take their supplements as soon as they wake up. Because what normally happens, people go, well, I get up, you know, I take a shower and get ready. I eat breakfast. I handle my kids. Everybody gets out the door. I go to work and then I take my supplements. I'm like, that's too late. Right. You have to literally do it in the first 30 minutes. We need to help drive that spike to go up. And then the flip side is people who have too high of an awakening response. So in the first 30 minutes, they go way high, like super high, way too high. And these are the people that say, I wake up with anxiety. I wake up stressed out. I wake up in fight or flight. I wake up and my mind is racing. I wake up with panic attacks or I wake up heart palpitations because their cortisol just shoots through the roof. And it's the same treatment. We do it within the first 30 minutes, but instead we do more mindful-based stuff. So either journaling or meditating or gentle stretching, calming stuff or calming you know type supplements just to bring it back down as opposed to the folks who need it, need the stimulatory stuff. And so it gives us this really neat picture into how do you even handle the first 60 minutes of your day? And what people don't realize is if you can't get the first 60 minutes right with your cortisol, like you're not going to get anything else right. Your cortisol is not going to be right for blood sugar maintenance, immune system support, anti-inflammatory stress response, nothing. If it can't get the first 60 minutes right. Oh, that's so good. This entire podcast just came to that one thing you just said. (laughs) If you can't get the first 60 minutes right. Yeah. That is huge. You're not going to get anything else right. And so I'm sure you often will see too, like cortisol almost like flatlined in the morning, but maybe high at night. 
Yes. Yeah. The reverse curve, we call it. Yep. Yep. Somebody called it the other day. They called it a mama's curve, a mother's curve. <laughs> They're like, you know, your moms who are super tired and then their kids go to bed and at, you know, whatever time their kids go to bed. And that's like the only time of peace they have to themselves. So they get all this stuff done and they rub themselves up at night. Yep. And then they can't sleep. I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. Yes. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. It's like this tired but wired feeling. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. We see that a lot. I can imagine. In this society, especially everyone's on their phones and everyone's exposed to all that screen light and they're, or they're on TV or yeah, the kids go to bed. It's the only private time you have in the day. So you're trying to get a lot of stuff done in two hours and it's unfortunate. Like I'm totally guilty. I'm not putting blame on anyone. I'm just as guilty as the next person. I I even have the sexy red glasses, my blue blocking glasses. So do I. <laughs> Sometimes I forget to wear them. <laughs> yeah, they really... I'm so glad you mentioned light exposure because it really does make such a huge difference. And I've mentioned it before on this podcast that those glasses, because I'm an entrepreneur, I'm behind my computer all day. I wear the yellow ones during the day while I'm at the mm-hmm. computer. And then I do put the red ones on at night. Like if we're watching something like Netflix or something, I'll put it on before bed. And it does make a huge difference. It does. Even just for me, I again, I'm just as guilty. <laughs> I get off screens if I for like an, even an hour. I mean, people will say, you'll hear like experts say, you need to be off screens two hours before bed. I'm like, eh. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But like, as far as that fits into my lifestyle, I could make it a priority and I don't. But right. if I get off screens an hour before bed, if I do other stuff, read, talk to my husband, unwind, drink tea, I for sure sleep so much better. Mm-hmm. And I know it's important. And yet I still am guilty. Yep. It's hard. We all are. <laughs> we all are. And especially with light exposure too, so many of my clients, they're not going outside for like weeks on end sometimes. And they're working under artificial light and they don't understand how this negatively impacts their circadian rhythm. Yes. That's so funny. I was at a conference last week. It was in Florida, in Fort Lauderdale. You know, it was on the ocean. And so my work colleague and I were there and she was like, you know, let's go walk on the beach. You know, and she was like, with all the conferences, do you get a chance to go outside? And I said, you know, the worst ones are the conferences in Las Vegas because there's no windows. Oh man. There are no clocks, right, in Las Vegas anywhere. And so you just get in this weird sort of time warp and you just feel totally ungrounded when you're there. And even like, I'm not in Vegas to do all the Sin City stuff. I'm there for a conference. (laughs) And still you're deep in a hotel in the middle of a conference with no windows for hours on end. And sometimes you don't ever go outside. And it's the same thing at home. It's the same, like people go to their jobs and they come home and they don't get outside. And so they miss out on that fresh air and bright light and what have you. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes it's something I have to give as part of their protocol. Like you must go outside. Like mm-hmm. it sounds ridiculous, but it's so important for your hormonal health. Yes. It's the same for, you know, bright light in the morning. I'm like, get out of bed, open your curtains and stare at the sun. Like don't blind yourself. Let's not cause retinal damage, but just go out on your deck or your patio for five or 10 minutes and just get some sunshine. Or if you live in a place that doesn't have a lot of sunshine or it's, you know, January and you don't have a lot of sunshine in the United States, then get the full spectrum light bulbs. You can get them at most hardware stores and turn that on in the morning, get happy light or whatever they're called and get that exposure. Awesome. Good tip. So before I let you go, last question I've got for you is... I'm sure some women are thinking, oh my God, what if I get my Dutch test back and like 
everything is fucked, basically. <laughs> like, where do you start? And it, I know it's so challenging to say that, and especially because everybody is so individual, but is it the adrenals and really supporting stress and adrenal fatigue? Like, is that one of the number one areas? What do you think? Yeah. Well, first I'd send them to you. <laughs> they call the lab and go, okay, listen to the podcast. I'd be like, oh, here, let me give you her direct number. I generally start with obviously lifestyle first, but believe it or not, I do a lot of gut, even though we're not a stool test company, a lot of people tend to do stool testing in conjunction. Mm -hmm. So I generally do start with adrenal gut at the same time, because I find the hormones will often improve greatly if you just start there. So if somebody says, my test looks awful, my hormones are a mess, my cortisol is a mess, my nutrient markers are all low. Then I'm like, well, if your nutrient markers are low, then either not absorbing them or you're not eating them. So we got to start there. And then we have to address your stress because hormones are a luxury, but stress is not. Like the body is designed to deal with fight or flight. And like whether or not you ovulate has no bearing on you living. I mean, right. You cannot ovulate the rest of your life and you will still live. But if you don't have cortisol, you will die. And if you can't manage your blood sugar, you could die. If you have an immune infection that gets out of hand, you could die. And so start with the HPA axis, start with the adrenals and work with the gut and then come to the hormones. Right. Recognize they're a mess. <laughs> come back to them. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly what I'm working on right now. It's adrenals and gut with Hashimoto's 100%. Yes. 100%. Yes. And when I did my Dutch test too, I mean, my estrogen was so low. It was like postmenopausal low. And it was yes. at the time where I was experiencing a lot of symptoms in regards to autoimmune. So I know most women would think, well, I got to go and heal the estrogen. And it's like, actually, I got to take a step back and address other areas like the adrenals and the gut and detoxification because that's what's going to support the estrogen. Right. Every time, for sure. And sometimes I'll do, for example, like women will say like progesterone, you know, like maybe they're at an age or they're going through stuff. And while we're working on the adrenals and we're working on the gut and we're working on like lifestyle stuff, I'll say, you know what? I'm actually going to put you on progesterone because it's a Band-Aid. You need a Band-Aid right now just to at least get you to feel better faster. Right. And let's give it three to six months. You probably won't need progesterone forever. Right. But it's a great Band-Aid or whatever it is, right? Like maybe a woman is like in your example, you had really low estrogens and maybe a woman says, my complaint are all these things. And oh, by the way, I have really bad vaginal dryness. And I'm like, well, that's not good. That's not, you know, like, well, let's do everything else. And oh, let's do a Band-Aid of some, you know, vaginal estrogen, which is called E3, estriol. It's just a Band-Aid. Like, it's driving you nuts. It's affecting your relationship. I'm not saying it's forever, but like, we can sort of spot treat and systemic address at the same time. Totally. Because ultimately, we just want to feel better. Exactly. And we don't want to do like a quick fix, but there's ways to mitigate like both of it. Like, yes. Yes, 100%. Awesome. Well, that was so great. And I know you've got an amazing discount that our audience yeah. <laughs> can take advantage of because I'm sure so many women are like, oh my God, this is a must. I have to do the Dutch test. So they can head on over to dutchtest.com forward slash shop and you can enter the code healthyhormones50 and save $50 off of your test. That is awesome. And then you can use that $50 savings and go put it towards your supplements or something because we know we're going to need some of those. Right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. That was super insightful. And where can our audience find you? I know I see you hanging out on Instagram. 
That's my favorite social media. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a visual person. And so I'm definitely on Instagram at dr.carryjones. So at dr.carryjones. And I'm all about education. I mean, I know I work for the Dutch test, but my whole goal in life is to have women understand health, healthy stuff at an easy to understand level, not to understand the easy stuff, but even to understand the hard stuff in an easy manner. And so pretty much all my posts are about various things. I just did a series on iron and I'm doing a series on autoimmune that I just learned about at a conference last week. And so I just posted the stuff that I learned because I think the more empowered and the more people learn about this stuff, like it's just better for yourself to be educated and be proactive. Absolutely. And with so many women going to see you know, their conventional doctors and not getting the appropriate testing and support, the more educated we are, we can walk into these offices and know what to ask for too. Exactly. That's the thing, yeah, to know what to ask for. And even a lot of my posts, but a lot of my colleagues' posts too, will like, include the research. And so sometimes even if women aren't, obviously they're not doctors, they're not researchers, but they can at least say like, well, look, there's this research article that came out that showed like, this is actually the whatever, a thyroid test I should run, or this shows that whatever with the adrenal glands or whatever with like iron, like low iron is such a big thing for so many women. And, you know, like actually here's some research to show I want this test and here's why I want it. And doctors, hopefully their primary care will go, all right, (laughs) let's do it. (laughs) Totally. Yes. I hope so. Well, thank you so much again for sharing all of that. Definitely. I encourage ladies go check Dr. Carrie Jones out on Instagram. She does post amazing content and information. I'm excited to check out your autoimmune posts that you're going to be sharing. And outside of Instagram, a website anybody can find you at? Right now I'm doing everything through Dutch Test. So dutchtest.com. I do have sort of like a side about me website, which is easy. It's drcarriejones.com, but a lot of stuff links back to Dutch Tests. And that's what I do all day, every day. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all the information and inspiration with us today. Ladies, definitely use the coupon code HEALTHYHORMONES50 and save your $50. Thanks so much for being with us today. Yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Oh man, that was so much fun. And I really do hope you guys got to nerd out just like I did. It's really amazing to see the complexity of our hormonal health. And I hope that this really gives you some insights to the different puzzles that make up our health and our hormones and our vitality. And it really is complex. And what works for one person doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to work for everybody. We're also biochemically different. And this is why it really is important to do customization and really invest in your health and work with a practitioner and somebody who can dive into all these different complexities to really give you detailed and focused support and really bring about healing. So I hope you guys learned so much. If you're interested in getting the Dutch test, head on over to dutchtest.com forward slash shop, and you can enter the coupon code healthyhormones50, that's the number 5050, and save $50 off the Dutch test complete or the Dutch plus. Those two tests are not on sale, but you can save $50, which is amazing because I get it. Some of these testing can be a little pricey. So you can save that $50, put it towards extra supplementation or really good quality organic foods. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. I'm really excited that we got to talk about hormones and the Dutch test because it really is one of my favorite tests to use in my practice. And I hope you guys will dive in and 
get your test done for yourself. Head on over to Instagram. You can follow Dr. Carrie Jones. It's at Jones on Instagram. She posts lots of amazing content. And of course, you can connect with me over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. And ladies, there are lots of ways you can dive in and support your hormonal health. If you've got tons of symptoms going on and you just can't get to the bottom of them and you feel confused and overwhelmed and you don't know where to start, I've got lots of solutions. So right now, I've got my summer hormone detox program going on and you can head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash summer detox. Come join us in that amazing program. You get a seven-day detox meal plan, which works specifically to detox out excess estrogen and support your thyroid. Plus, we're getting rid of all those inflammatory foods that are going to help detox the liver and at the same time, support gut health. So it's an amazing program. Plus, we are diving into an exclusive masterclass on July 18th. It will be recorded if you can't make it live. It's a 90-minute masterclass that I will be holding for the women who join the Summer Detox program. And we'll be diving into all things hormonal health, estrogen, PMS, thyroid, detoxification, as well as supplementation. And if you want to take things a little step further, dive into the six-week online Healthy Hormones for Women program. Enter coupon code PODCAST at checkout and you will save 60% off. It's a six-week program that will guide you through healing your adrenals, thyroid, blood sugar, liver detox, It's a wonderful program. So you've got lots of options. There's lots of amazing opportunities here to dive in and do the work. So if you're interested in the summer detox program, head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash summer detox. Or if you're interested in the healthy hormones six-week program, head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash healthy hormones. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I'm really happy that we get to chat about hormones. And I'm excited that this is the stuff we get to dive into and really do this healing work. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And I look forward to seeing you in one of the amazing programs so we can connect on a deeper level. Thank you, everyone. Chat soon.